welcome back to a new episode of Passion for Technology, the podcast from EPD Electronic. Great to have you with us. Welcome to the Passion for Technology podcast. Semiconductors, semiconductors, a kingdom for semiconductors. Well, actually, Richard III was desperate for a horse in William Shakespeare's drama, but the desperation with which the industry is currently demanding microchips is similar. The corona pandemic, political conflicts, and an enormous increase in demand have led to a global shortage of semiconductor products. Our guest today is an expert. We'll be talking about how to strengthen semiconductor supply chains and increase their resiliency to prevent disruption. Yvonne Keil is a member of the board of Silicon Saxony, Europe's largest microelectronics cluster. She also serves as Director Global Indirect Procurement at Global Foundries, a semiconductor manufacturer with 15,000 employees worldwide. Hi, Yvonne. Hey, nice to be here. Yvonne, what's fascinating about semiconductor technology? Semiconductor technology is everywhere. It's in everyone's life. So if you drive a car and you look into it, there are so many chips, more than 100 in the meanwhile. If you look at your mobile device and see the semiconductor chip for your display, for your camera, if you want to optimize your house and want to be more energy efficient, you need semiconductor for it. So it's everywhere and that makes it fascinating. Yvonne, looking a little bit into the you know near term and maybe further away future, I mean, societies discover and see that there are very, very particular challenges on the horizon in the 21st century. What role is semiconductor technology going to play there? I'm convinced that semiconductor is needed to tackle the challenges of the new generation and of the future. If you want to reduce your CO2 footprint, you need new concepts for energy management and you need a chip and semiconductor for that. If you talk about new mobility concepts, you will have to think about solutions with semiconductor. If you want to connect with your loved ones everywhere of the world, you need concepts and you need semiconductor for it. So I'm convinced that semiconductors are part of the solution for the challenges of the future. Are there any particular developments in semiconductor technology right now that you find most interesting? For me personally, the interesting thing is that at the moment, we clearly see that there is not one path which is the right way. There are several paths. So to connect and to solve solutions in all different aspects of life for our mobile connectivity, for our automobile market, for our mobile market, for our energy market, you need semiconductor, but you need differentiated solutions and technologies for it. So the development that we now see so many different technologies, so many differentiated solutions is a very interesting development. Yvonne, with semiconductors being prevalent, could one say that microchips are going to be the new crude oil, you know, powering national economies, being the lifeblood of our societies? I'm convinced that they are clearly the new crude oil because you need them for all the solutions. You need this differentiated solutions everywhere. So I can clearly say, yes, I'm convinced that this is the case. Especially in recent times, semiconductor research, production seems to have been politicized to a certain extent. I mean, the European Chips Act is a particular example that comes to mind. What does that mean for the industry? Is there even more lobbying required or is this something that restricts entrepreneurial freedom? What's your take? Yeah, we have to say chip making is complex and the markets are growing and the investments were not being made all the years before so intense as they probably have to be or had to be. 
for sure, COVID was an accelerator of the development and the digitalization. And now the nations are realizing that they need to co-invest in manufacturing since this is a very capex-intense business to secure that domestic capacity because we need this capacity since semiconductor are also part of the supply of all existing industries and economies we have in our different countries, like the automotive business. So you clearly see that the nation realized that and that the European Chips Act or the US Chips Act are clearly signs that this is now clear for all of them. So what do you think needs to be done to prevent supply shortages in semiconductor production? I mean, we've been seeing them and industries have been impacted by them, you know, on a scale that has never before been seen. The last year or two have been very challenging for many. I think the change is already happening and ongoing. So clearly we see that we as semiconductor have to increase our capacity and we see now that the politic realized that a semiconductor is critical for the future and they have to support that with fundings like the European CHIPS Act. And now it's about execution. We have to execute such initiatives like the European CHIPS Act and we have to execute it with a speed that the companies see that it's the right decision to continue to invest in the different sites and at the different continents. Yvonne, what does execution look like? Is it enough to put concrete in the ground, build new factories, or is there more that needs to be done? It clearly needs more than to run a fab. It needs a complete ecosystem around this, and that has also to grow. Our suppliers clearly also invest in capacity increases, and you also have to ensure that there are all the ecosystem around this, and that not only means that you need material and parts and tools, You also need the right people who will have the right skill set, the right expertise and knowledge to support that growth. Yvonne, in addition to being a director at Global Foundries, you're also a member of the board of Silicon Saxony, a registered industry association. What's that association all about? So Silicon Saxony really started as a bottom-up industry supplier initiative together with the global semiconductor companies in Dresden. This initiative was founded to really increase the visibility of the Saxony ecosystem in the semi-industry. So that was the starting point of it. And it's still the direction this network is going because it's still a 100% privately funded initiative, which is really driven by the ecosystem itself and the members of that initiative. So we work very close with the government. But that is, I would say, a differentiator of a lot of other ecosystems we see all over the world. And that is developed over the years. And in the meanwhile, it's not all about semiconductors. So the ecosystem is now really a mix out of IT, design, research and semiconductor companies and suppliers. And that's really also the key for the success. And I think also the key is that the members are driving that Silicon Saxony. Yvonne, supply chains for these semiconductor industry have gone truly global over the last three or four decades. Is that something that has caught politicians off guard? Have they failed to recognize that, you know, dependencies had been introduced in many stages of production? We clearly have to say what happened in the last two years was an unpredictable demand increase, which was not seen. COVID was a clear driver and accelerator and the growth was faster than expected. Clearly, we saw a next level of digitalization and the speed no one expected in the industry. 
we have to ensure that the whole ecosystem grow now in the right space. And also the politicians also recognize clearly that we need their support, that we need also support from all states to make decisions at the right pace and also make the right decision where we want to invest and in which technologies. Silicon Saxony has contributed greatly to making Dresden one of the biggest microelectronics and IT clusters in Europe. How have they done it? How have you done it? I think a key success factor is that you see that the main drivers are the members themselves, and they are all connected by their passion for technology. So it's a great field to be in, and you see that every of these member companies wants to drive it forward, wants to find the right way to do it. But it all started also that we had the right people in Dresden when the Silicon Saxony kicked off and also the first decisions about semiconductor investments were made in Dresden. So in the DDR, you had in the 70s, the Center of Microelectronics in Dresden. That meant after in the 90s, when the decision had to be made where they want to build semiconductor companies or where they wanted to build a semiconductor fabs, Dresden had the right skilled people on site. So that was the starting point. And today it is also the key for success is that we have the right mix of members there. We have uh, universities for good education on site. We have uh, for teaching and the research areas, the good institutes as part of the ecosystem. We have the big players there as part of the ecosystem, but also the smaller size companies who are supporting the semiconductor business. And in the meanwhile, it's not only a semiconductor cluster, it's also an IT and design cluster and IT and software companies are needed to also grow the network and make it successful. Yvonne, what about the next generation of specialists and experts? What would you say to a young person today who asked you about whether they should be joining the semiconductor industry? I would say to them, hey, join us. It's a very, very interesting dynamic industry which can change the world, which can also change future directions. It is an industry also which offers you many different opportunities. So you clearly can decide what you want to do. When I look at myself in my 18 years of career, I started as an automation engineer and could contribute there. You can be part of line control as I was and manage this whole line. And afterwards, I decided to be part of procurement to work in supply chain and look how we source and procure supply for the Fed. So there are so many different opportunities in this industry, and that makes it very interesting. Yvonne, as part of one of my initial questions, you already touched up on where your passion for technology came from. I'd like to dive a little deeper into that. I'd love to know when and how you developed your individual passion for technology. So for me, it's clearly already at the age of 16. It kicked off with this big impression to stand in this huge fab of full automation with a complex manufacturing process. And at the end, a little chip comes out of it. All that was my kickoff of this energy and passion for technology. And what I learned over the years is clearly that you can improve the world through technology and you really connect people through this passion for technology and you can connect cultures and people all over the world. So for me, clearly also a passion comes of that working in technologies is working global and working with people all over the world. And that makes it fascinating. And before you were 16, were you in touch with technology? Was that a career that you could have imagined? So I'm not very honest. 
I'm coming from a semiconductor family. So both of my parents worked in semiconductor. My brother is working in semiconductor. So I think I was always passionate for a technical career. I never knew it would be a semiconductor or chemical engineering, but it was clearly part of our family life. And I also saw that it's a technology and it's also an industry which is so fast in their development and in the direction they take. And that is fascinating. All right. So you apparently had silicon in your bloodline already. <laughs> well, thank you, Yvonne, for the insights that you've shared with us today. Dear listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with Yvonne, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. That's Yvonne, Y-V-O-N-N-E, Kyle, K-E-I-L. This interview will be part of the Quintessence Magazine's issue. You can find more info about it in our show notes. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast, Passion for Technology, on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other popular podcasting platforms. Yvonne, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.